to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends. Happy holidays and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spashon. I'm joined, as always, by the player himself, Benny Scala. Benny, I see you're still live on location, traveling for the holidays. Do you have a good Christmas? Absolutely. I took the Red Eye Special from Playerville, and I'm remoting from actually not so cold Minneapolis, Minnesota, just 137 miles south-southwest of Parts Unknown. And I hope that you, as well as our guests, which we'll introduce in a second, and everybody that listens to us had a great Christmas. Absolutely. It was a great holiday season for a lot of people. Warmer than you know, most of my uh, most of my friends. I mean, here in Virginia, it was 58 degrees. I was at, I traveled to see the family. It was uh, in the 60s at one point. Like you know, so much for a white Christmas. But everybody had fun. Obviously, a uh, big Italian family. So I spent most oh, yeah. of the last two days eating, which is my personal favorite holiday tradition. Great hobby. But uh, like you said, we've got a, a third guest on. I'm sure he enjoyed himself as well. Benny, why don't you tell everybody who that fine mug joining us this evening is? Well, before I do that, Dan, I have here, this might be my last show because this is a shot of fireball. And <laughs> I just wanted to have a toast to you, our guest, and everyone that listens to our show. So it's been a great 2023, and I think it's going to be a spectacular 2024. So here goes. Salute. Nice. Salute. I've got my dog with me. They're saluting you. I have a Coke Zero special. Uh, there you chaser. go. You're chasing a fireball with a Coke? Just a <laughs> Coke Zero. Man, you're a lightweight there, Benny. You're I am. I'm, I'm a pansy. So Fireball's like sugar water. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm really wondering if we can call our guest a guest. I mean, more like a great friend and a business partner. So we're joined by the one and only Mike Monty, the founder of our YouTube home, the Monty and the Faro channel. Mike? Welcome to Dan and Benny in the Ring. Always an honor, guys. You know how much I love your show. I listen oh, to yeah. you guys weekly. And uh, <clears throat> I'm honored that you guys take your time out to appear on the channel, not just with the Dan and Benny in the Ring show, but also the 30. And uh, hopefully 2024 reaps uh, great rewards for all of us. And I, I think this will happen for all of us. No doubt. Absolutely. I do know, Benny, one thing that is not going to happen in 2024, uh, a certain record set on the 30 will not be broken 2024. <laughs> I know that much. You mean the, the, the infamous Rip Rogers F-bomb record? <laughs> well, that won't be broken either. You know, but um, it'll be, uh, like I said before, the, the, the high score on the 30 will, will be De DiMaggio's hit streak will fall before that does. Well, well I, I will know. tell you that uh, Jack Tunney's son did call in. And not since the Ultimate Warrior and Gorilla Monsoon forcing him to be uh, suspended for his no-shows. Dan, this was your second no-show. One being his champion, nevertheless. So the, you're quite – you could be in some trouble. There may hey, be fine you know play. what? That, that, first, that first time Benny messaged me and said that uh, 
<laughs> that I was off to that day, and then I come I come to find out it was just his way of keeping the title the title hunt alive. This this reminds me of Vince Senior double booking Bruno that one time. Like he booked him in Baltimore and Sheboygan, and Bruno he no showed in Sheboygan, and he got blackballed. Yeah, very similar. I mean, By the way, not to get us off subject, but I did see a video out there which was shocking to me that Greg the Hammer Valentine hated Bruno San Martino. Really? No, I really? I was that. in shock to hear that. Yeah. Guess you check it out. It's not. Did yeah, it have anything, but, uh, anything I, to do with his father? No. He, he, he just, uh, you know what? Benny, you might be right. Maybe it's, I think that I think uh, Johnny Valentine did not like Bruno either. In yeah. fact, Greg talks about trying to knock the wig off of Bruno's head during that match. Not a good move. That's no, funny. Not you know, at all. all. All the get, we've had numerous guests on the show that worked with Bruno, and it's funny where he's like the one person I've never heard anybody say anything bad about. I'm definitely gonna have to look up. We we finally found somebody who didn't like him. I mean, they even yeah. kayfabe, they even kayfabe his wig. <laughs> yeah. No, I was shocked too. I don't think I've ever heard someone say they didn't like Bruno San Martino. So Val- Valentine even says, "I know he's a legend and all, but boy, did I hate that mf'er." You know, really? he was going off. You gotta check wow. it out. It's a little, little strange. That's crazy. That is very yeah. interesting. But we have a, a special show planned tonight. We always, tra- you know, we try and mix it up a little bit. I know, Mike, you've always been uh, a real great with some of the input. And what I wanted to do tonight, because it's obviously Christmas week, we wanted to kind of have some fun. Uh, a couple of days ago, December twenty second, nationwide, uh, the movie Iron Claw debuted obviously we've talked about wccw and the von erics extensively on the show in the past we've had people that worked there wrestlers that wrestled through uh through texas but we had pitched the idea benny and i had talked about doing a review of the show and obviously he we wanted to reach out somebody whose opinion on on movies we had so tonight for for those listening and watching we're gonna just kind of have a roundtable discussion of the movie The Iron Claw, which, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, we're, uh, we're going to get into it. But also, I mean, spoiler for a, a story that's you know, over over 30 years old at this point. Um, but so that's what the kind of what we were going to do. And I want to get uh, before we get into the nitpick details, uh, Mike, obviously, first to you, um, you saw it already. You mentioned you, you and your wife had gone out first time. You said the first time since COVID. Uh, give us give us your, your opening thoughts on it. So a lot of times I will go into one of these type of, can we call it like a somewhat of a documentary in, in some some sort of way, right? Yeah. So going into it, um, usually I don't have high expectations, especially on movies surrounding pro wrestling, right? Because historically, uh, they've all been pretty bad, um, <clears throat> depending, I guess, on a person. But for me, they've all been pretty bad, with the exception of The Wrestler, which I consider one of the greatest movies made of all time. Forget about the pro wrestling aspect. So uh, considering my love for WCCW and for the Von Erichs and especially Kerry Von Erich growing up, um, still uh, love that guy. Uh, I had high expectations for this movie. If you could ask me how I came out of the movie and we'll get into it, highly disappointed. Uh, I... You know, again, I've never made a movie, but whoever wrote that script uh, did such an injustice to that story, in my opinion. Um, I, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't, I, I don't, okay. How can't you not like the story? We all know the story, right? It's an incredible story, but he, he just dropped the ball. That's just my opinion. 
Vinny, before we get uh, too far, you, um, I know you did a lot more than I have. You've read up um, on a lot of the social media talk of it. What's the general, I mean, it's movies really only still technically we're in opening weekend. I know that, that that would have ended Christmas Eve, but the movie's only been out for a few days other than, than early screenings. What's kind of the general consensus so far? You know, it's kind of, I would say, like right down the middle. There, there was a couple of people who really liked it. There were a couple of people who trashed it, but the overwhelming majority was, you know, it was, it was okay. I mean, you know, a, a, several of them pointed out historical inaccuracies, some pointed out, you know, the fact that the, the characters, the actors maybe weren't as tall as the wrestlers, things like that. But, I mean, kind of a mixed bag. But, like, I would say on a scale of zero to five stars, you know, it, it, it scored maybe a 2.4 as far as social media reviews. Okay. If, if the movie had screened in the, uh, in the Tokyo Dome, it would have gotten four stars. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say... My my um, opening perspective, like you said, you know, I went in with high expectations. It's a great story. A lot of these actors have proven themselves in the past, and it had a great cast. Uh, there were several real life wrestlers that were involved. There, uh, obviously, um, you know, the, the Von Erich family had some some production inputs. Like it wasn't a, a blanket no uh, no movie without them, but. Um, I just want to say I was telling Benny the story when I went and saw it in the theater, a couple rows in front of me, there was a, an elderly gentleman with his, I assume, grandson, this maybe early 20s at the oldest, this kid that was with him. And it was uh, we've had we've had Nikita Brezhikov on the show many times. Guys like a walking encyclopedia. And that's exactly what it was like sitting behind him. This old, you know, this old man would start talking. I mean, he didn't talk through the whole movie. It wasn't distracting. It was great for me. But he's like telling his son something. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, they they referenced something. He's like, oh, that was uh, Dallas 19, you know, September 8th, 1984. And he's like, and the third match on the card was dead. And he's going to this whole spiel. And you could tell he's like so excited to be able to to talk about it. I wish I had had the chance to to ask him what he thought because he the way he talked, it was somebody who he had to have been. In, in Dallas while w, WCCW was at its peak, the way he was invested. Um, but it really kind of added a little highlight. But I want to just want to say from the history side of me, there were some some issues. I, overall, um, I, like you said, I, did, I didn't leave disappointed the way you said you did. I think from a cinematic standpoint, uh, between like some of the acting and the shots and the choreography, or cinematography, I mean, some of that was very well done. Um, there were some some glaring. I made some notes, some issues that I had, and we'll get into it. But um, I want to get your thoughts, Mike, on the obvious issue for me right off the bat is there weren't enough Von Erich brothers in the movie. Well, I want to start off with so it's a great story you told about the older man in front explaining to his kid, uh, grandchildren what was going on. Right there is the problem with the movie in a nutshell, right? If you weren't a wrestling fan, you didn't get anything that was going on, right? Like the film opens up with Fritz von Erich in black and white wrestling. Mm -hmm. You don't know who Fritz von Erich is. There's no introduction to the character whatsoever. The screenwriter, like I felt like I was watching a Tony Khan production. I felt like it's like this movie (laughs) is for pro wrestling fans. And if you know nothing about pro wrestling fans, you will not get this movie whatsoever. Um, The historical portion of it didn't bother me so much because I felt 
look, you only have so much time in a script to fit everything in. I mean, there's so much, so many obvious issues with the movie as far as historically. I mean, mm. you could start off with, um, you know, Kerry Von Erich losing his, his foot right after he wins the NWA title. As we all know, that is not the case, right? Yeah. It's well two years, after. Two years, yeah, two years two, oh, yeah. Two, I was going to say two and a half years later. Or, you know... You know, everybody made such a big deal about MJF being this movie. They literally showed him for one second, and you had no idea who he was. Unless you're a wrestling fan, you didn't know that was Lance Von Eric. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on. And look, I want you to I want you to tell me what you liked about it, me and Betty, what you liked about it, and I'll tell you what I thought about what you know. You know look, there was some decent parts to the movie, but I felt that there was so meat, much meat in the story. It was so pro wrestling heavy. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stand it. I was like, I don't want to see actors portraying wrestlers doing a match. They had like five or six matches in that movie. And I'm like, right. stop it already. Who needs in the wrestler? How many matches did he have Two. It wasn't even part of the movie. You just knew he's a pro wrestler with all these issues. And the Von Eric story is pro wrestlers with all these issues mm -hmm. and they they didn't emotionally grab me like if i'm i don't know anything about the von erics i didn't fall in love with the characters all i didn't even fall in love with the fact that the brothers loved each other to the end like they couldn't even get that message across they didn't even get the message across between the obvious issue between uh doris right and fritz mm -hmm. it, like that they, there was meat there and it was like you wasted it by showing free bird matches, a freaking five minute Harley race promo, a four minute Ric Flair. Pro I was, I was embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. I got to be honest with you. I, I was shaking my head going, boy, if someone's not a wrestling fan, they're going, what the hell is this? And who are these right. nerds watching this movie? And, and I will say, uh, since you brought it up, I, it was one of the notes I was going to get to, um, Aaron, Aaron Eisenberg, or, is not by any means a bad actor. He has done some phenomenal work. That was without question, including cartoon parody, the worst Ric Flair I have ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't know if he was intentionally not trying to be Ric Flair, if the if the direction told him not to have that swagger. His promo, the backstage bit when he's talking about, you know, oh, where can I go get drunk in this town? If you need me, I'm gonna be at the Home Depot or the Home Depot, the uh, the 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 Holiday Inn. You know, it was just he was. There were some wrestlers in there, Harley Race, for example, uh, Bruiser, Gino Hernandez, that I thought were very well done. Um, obviously, some of them were well-known wrestlers. I don't know why it looks like they ran out of budget and just grabbed the first person they could that that, that could mildly woo. I thought Rick, the person playing but, Ric Flair was one of the weakest parts of that movie. But it let was, me ask you, did, did you need... Bad. Did you need Bruiser Brody in this movie? Did you need Harley Race in this movie? Did you need Ric Flair? I mean, guys, <laughs> they had like four matches or five matches in it. That right. could be exaggerating, right? But the one match they don't show is Kerry Von Erich winning the NWA title from Ric Flair. It like it, I don't even know where they were going with this. And go back to that locker room with Ric Flair, like. You got Kerry and Fritz going, what did you do out there, Kevin? Like Kevin was supposed to win the title, but he lost his temper and he overpowered him with the claw. Yeah. I'm like, what are they doing here? Like, what is the point of any of this? Yeah, it, it, 
it seems like there was times when they they definitely because uh, you remember in the in the beginning when they're introducing um you know the the von Erichs for the first time they team together his debut and they're backstage and he's talking with Bruiser and Gino okay you're gonna get a headlock and and they're clearly showing that wrestling is scripted and then there's moments in the in the movie where they're playing it off like like it's a real contest and their dad is genuinely angry at them for not winning tonight and it's like you you you've established that Fritz von, he's you show him counting money. They show him doing books. Like you've established he's running a wrestling promotion, but then he's getting angry that why didn't you win tonight? You're the, you're, it's your goddamn promotion. Like you should know your son's not winning tonight. You know, <laughs> how, wait a minute. How about this one? There's a point where David dies and they try to get across that Fritz really is just this mean guy. So he basically mm-hmm. says, guys, let's carry on, have a beer. And one of us is going to win the NWA title. Now, I don't know who to choose between Kerry and Kevin, so I'm going to flip a coin. He flips the coin, and obviously Kerry gets the shot, right? Right. But you don't know anything until the end of the movie where Kerry kills himself and is going to heaven, I'm assuming. Yeah. But it's a, but he picks up a two-sided quarter. And unless you're really paying attention to it, it's like, again, I don't get it. Like, I'm sorry. The WWE should have produced this movie. I mean – Listen, I don't mean to take a personal shot. I think Evan Ginsberg could have done a better job with the script. I gotta be honest with you. It it was maybe I I this was any of us could have did a better job with this. This was a, a story that you could have pulled that look, I end up crying at the end where Kevin says to the sons, you know, the same mm-hmm. line. I used to be a brother and now I'm long longer brother, and the kids are hugging him. Because that's how emotional this story is. And it right. and they just blew it, in my opinion. It really angered me, Dan and Benny. It really did. I just, it had so much potential, and it wasn't any better than a made-for-TV movie. Well, it goes back to what I was saying in, I, I a part of me understands, you know, you, you only have, it was, it was a little over two hours, which is actually longer than most mainstream Hollywood movies, and I get that you, you can't tell the full story, but the heart and soul of this story is the bond between the brothers and the curse that inflicted the family. There had to have been a way to have everyone. They cut an entire Von Erich brother out of the story. Now I get, you know, he, uh, he wasn't involved in, in wrestling. I get that his, he, he was basically Carrie, you know, he, he got, he couldn't handle it shot himself because Carrie shot himself with the same that was a big deal when Carrie Von Eric killed himself he made a deal kill himself with the same gun you know he uh he was when he called his brother when he called you know and and was talking about I want to die he was telling he, uh, when he called Kevin he was telling Kevin uh if you listen to Kevin Von Eric tell the real story basically like I wish I had the kind of courage to do what to do what he did and then he went and killed himself which also unrelated side note of accuracy Having Kevin find Carrie's body and then attack his father the way he did, that's one, that's not what happened. But two, that also kind of killed some of the builds you were having because you wanted this this narrative of the curse and Kevin was trying to get away from the curse and he was getting away from the family because his dad told him, you know, you sell the company, you're never allowed in this house again. And then you then he shows up and he and, and you completely hurt the narrative. And I get the whole thing where he carries his brother's body. And then like you said, uh, again, spoilers for people listening, but they had a scene where they very much implied that Carrie had gone to the afterlife and his brothers were there. And, and, and I thought that was, that was a nice touch to kind of wrap up everybody's story. But you, you, you took what could have been the meat 
the really the heart and soul of the family story. And you you wasted a lot of it on wrestling, some of which was bad. Like the the and I get you know some of these guys were legit real wrestlers, but some of them were actors with a few months of wrestling training. Some of the wrestling was bad. Um, like you said, the Harley race, the, the Ric Flair, the, the backstage stuff, you could have cut 20, 30 minutes of wrestling out of the movie and gone more to the family side. And and then you could have included the whole family to, to cut out an entire brother from the narrative really kind of hurt what I like. I'm, I'm trying to tell the story uh, to my wife, you know, it kind of hurt the story you're trying to tell. And I think back, uh, one of the, the better examples I can think of is, they made a movie years ago, many, many years ago, uh, called uh, Miracle on Ice, which was based on the, on the hockey, the 1980 Olympic hockey right. game. And in the movie, it showed it, it was really it focused on the players. They didn't even film games. They used footage from the real Olympics. But there was a scene in the movie where, where the, the, all the kids are, or the, the, the team is on the bus and a guy's playing the guitar and he's doing the Simon and Garfunkel song Homeward Bound. And they do a montage of the Olympics up to the championship game. And that three-minute bit uh, shows them winning and building as a team. And the rest of the movie is them as players, as humans, as whatever. That's what they needed to do. Have a montage to, you know, Tom Sawyer that shows five, three, three to five minutes of wrestling. And then back to the family narrative. Not, you know, here's here's a story. And then, like you said, the whole thing with Lance Von Erich, because... Uh, from what and Benny, correct me if I'm wrong. From what I read, they had actually filmed scenes yes. that, that, that explained who Lance was, and he MJF had a more prominent role, and then they cut it. Yeah. And like you said, if I hadn't have read that, hey MJ, they cut MJF scenes. Look for him in a blink and you miss it. You know where he's date uh, where Kevin wants to tag and and Lance won't give it to him, which is another thing. Like Kevin wants to like Lance went into business for himself, which you know, it, but. You've got so many wasted opportunities to tell more of, of what is really one of the deepest family stories in wrestling to show actual wrestling. I, I don't care. I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm going to go see this movie. If, if I had taken if I had taken my wife, she would have she would not have gotten for what I did. And I know you mentioned your your wife clearly didn't. And. You know, if it wasn't for that old man in front of me explaining everything to his grandson, he wouldn't have gotten anything from this right. movie. You you, I mean, you want to tell the story? Here, tell the story. Here's a, here's an example. Kerry comes back from the Olympics, right? And they try to establish a Kerry. Look, forget about the actor size and stuff. I kind of get why they do this, right? Because Efron, who's a pr pretty decent actor, he's not a big guy. Even though he got himself in great shape for this, they couldn't bring in a monster Kerry Von Eric. It would not have looked right. They did that for the wrestle with Mickey Rourke. They made sure he wrestled against smaller guys so you didn't get this feeling like it was impossible for him to win. That's right. called good production and good rest, right? But So anyway, Kerry's working out and then Mike, I think, plugs in his guitar and he starts playing you know, um, Tom Sawyer. And it starts jamming and, you know, Kerry's shooting steroids and here you go. And I'm like, OK, this thing's about to get good now. And then like, OK, why did you play Tom Sawyer? Well, I know it's Kerry Von Erich's entrance music, but who else would have known that? Right. Except unless you're a wrestling fan or there's a point in the movie. And I hate to be tearing it apart, but there's so many bad, badly done parts in it. They go to SummerSlam. They show actual footage of the WWF match of Kerry against Mr. Perfect. Mm hmm. And Kerry comes home to Texas, and Fritz is like, I'm so proud of you. You have the number two greatest belt in wrestling. And why are they pushing Hellwig? 
No one knows who Hellwig is. Yeah. Nobody except the wrestling fan. What's the point? It again back to how I felt it was a Tony Khan production. It was like we're gonna make this movie for wrestling fans because they're the only guys who will have the inside joke about this movie. Again, Dan, you just said it. It's one of the greatest stories in wrestling, as sad as it is. It's still this incredible story. And they just dropped the ball all over the place on this. Yeah, and I yeah. get why you liked it. You're a wrestling fan. I liked it, too, because I'm a wrestling fan. But as a movie goes, not a fan. You know, it's funny. I didn't even think about that when he when he mentioned he's like, when are you getting the title shot? Because, you know, your your partner, Hellwig's, they're pushing him to the moon or whatever. It didn't even dawn on me that no one would know who Jim Hellwig is. You know, <laughs> um, that's funny. Benny, uh, coming back to I know you, you, you talked a lot about like reading up on it. Any any obvious because you, you said it was kind of 50 50 uh, any real obvious like holy cow this is great moments or holy cow this is this is the one part everyone agreed that they hated the the one universal that everybody seemed to hate was whoever played flair. I mean, that was like across the board. Everybody said he was awful. Uh, you know, a lot of comments about MJF being non-existent in the movie and then a lot of comments about the fact that. You know, Chris Von Erich really wasn't ex- included. And a lot of people said, well, you know, being that he died the same way as Carrie did or, you know, or mm-hmm. it, it, it was why prolong it. But I in my mind, though, like the Mike suicide and the the Chris suicide are two entirely different things. Right. My understanding is Mike really didn't want to be in the business, but yet Chris wanted to be in there w- more than anything. So two different stories. And they kind of missed out on that. I think too, because what's important to note with with Chris Von Erich was he had the, uh, uh, was, I want to say it was asthma. He had something with his lungs that 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 with all the medicine and steroids and stuff he was on as a kid stunted his growth and his muscular development and his cardio. That he couldn't have been a major star even if he wanted to. With no, no disrespect to the man, but part of what drove him to what he had was this lifelong dream of being a brother in the family and never feeling like he measured up. And I think that would have fit so perfectly into what they were doing. Sure. And that's something, and Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this because you mentioned it, um, you know, where you talked about the meat and potatoes of, of Fritz and, and, and his marriage, no one who studies wrestling history, you can love WCCW for all you want. No one who knows wrestling history is going to remember Fritz von Erich as a good human being, as a good person per se. Uh, he's very much in the same moniker of the the you know the Jackson's parent, you know Michael Jackson's father of basically just beating talent out of his kids. Um, you know they the movie kind of made him deeper than I thought they were going to. He wasn't a straight villain per se, but there were definitely moments where you're like, wow, this guy's a, pe- a piece of garbage. Um, especially, you know, I mean, obviously his story where they ended up divorcing and then he died kind of broken alone. Uh, you know, but I'm curious on that front where he really pushed a lot of, you know, Carrie and Chris, he, it was his drive of you have to get better now that led that kind of was the catalyst for some of that. And do you, you, you talk about what you leave out. I think leaving Chris's story out of the movie kind of really killed some of the narrative of just how dark the family the family story was. Well, I think the reality of it is, look, I don't know how in-depth you guys got into WCCW, but being a long-life long uh, WWE guy, right, and growing up on this, when I finally – look, I saw Georgia Championship Wrestling, Florida Championship, and I liked it. Yeah, but when I saw w, WCCW, it was a totally different game. It was uh, – 
it was natural. The wrestlers were natural. They weren't overly big. They didn't have overly great mic skills. Everything seemed very natural. So if you ever watch these old Von Erich interviews, they're not refined interviews. They're like some young kids looking to win championships. And, you know, you go back to the Jimmy Garvin interviews or the Gino Hernandez or the, uh, you know, Chris Adams and even Brian Adidas. They're all these unrefined interviews, but it gave you this feeling like this is this is high level wrestling with great storytelling. And the movie starts off where you think they're going to establish something. So I think they're trying to establish that Fritz is too tough on Mike and Kevin eventually goes to Doris, his mother. I think it's Mm. Doris, right? And says, hey, I think that's too tough on Mike. And she says, you handle it. So I'm thinking, okay, you're going to start evolving these characters, right? But they just never go anywhere with the character. And that that's the problem I had. I mean, at the end, when Doris is painting and Fritz wants his dinner, I guess they established that she was done with him and that he no longer was going to run her life. I don't, like, they were just... They, it just they just didn't tie the pieces and you couldn't become you know we always talk Benny Dan about wrestlers getting you invested in their character this movie doesn't get you invested in any of the characters did you feel a connection to either Kevin the closest connection I felt was Mike because uh, I felt bad for Mike and he does a pretty good job after you know he gets that you know high temperature and he starts you know having trouble speaking but yeah I, I, I don't, Dan, I don't know if I answered the question. The only, no, no, that's... I just don't think there's enough stuff established at all in any of the characters. And it was just a wrestling movie to be a wrestling movie. And I can't imagine, I really can't, I don't know. You know, A24 really puts out pretty decent movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that that script made it past somebody because I just, it, it just wasn't good. Look, it's a real story. So it can't be bad, right? right. It's true. It's like, it, this is the truth about this family. So it can't be bad, but it, the script was so bad, it wasn't good. No, I, I agree. I agree with you. My my biggest complaint, and like you said, um, was looking at The Wrestler in that this should have been a movie about the Von Erich family with wrestling as a backdrop. This was a movie about WCCW with the Von Erich story sprinkled in. And yeah. as a wrestling fan, especially as a wrestling historian, I appreciated some of the details they went into where, you know, everything from, you know, where like like the booking and and how uh, in some of the later scenes, the arena was changed because the Sportatorium had gone through an upgrade at the end of W, you know, uh, 85, I believe. So like the little, no one would have noticed, oh, yeah, the ropes are the right colors for this year. I liked some of the little details they did or when Fritz is doing the books and he's got Andre the Giant's name on there because he came through Texas, you know, in 80, what, 84, right before he went back to when he was still in a, in a kind of a secondary arrangement before uh, WrestleMania. And it's like, you know, I, I liked some of the little details, but there was so much of the family story. Like you said, that scene at the end when when she's painting and Doris kind of blows Fritz off, like they they separated. He she left him. She was done with all the BS. Uh, you know, that really kind of didn't hammer home and and she was a very minor character in some of the presentation it really didn't hammer home that she was the heart and soul of a lot of what was happening you know the strength the family had because the brothers couldn't go to their father for shit so you know um also i think something that that 
kind of irritated me was she's at home watching Carrie win the championship. It, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a long time, but she was there. Like the whole family, they have the picture and they're hugging. And to have her just kind of, oh, I guess, you know, for the first time in my, like they almost made it, made it like her watching Carrie was the first time she ever watched wrestling. Because there was even moments where it's like, hey, mom, did you see that? No, I, I don't. I'll stay in the car. You guys go do your wrestling. Like she's sitting in a parking lot for four hours, five hours while they're running a wrestling show. You know, they, they, they kind of played that off. Um, but yeah, by the way, it, it, by the way, if you go by that script, every great match is on television. You just tune in. You can watch every match on television. Everybody yeah. don't buy any reviews. It's there for you right on your, your turn tile, you know, which, but like, it, here's, a, here's another thing that really pissed me off guys was this. So David throws up at the wedding, right? And right. it looks like there's blood in the toilet, like not just throw up. It looks like blood. Okay. Yeah. And you know, it's like, Kevin's like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You really should go to the doctor. No, I'm okay. And then they do the two step and then the phone rings. This is how quick the scene goes. David's dead. Okay. That's it. Yeah. They do a funeral and you know, it's like, it's just these important details of Kevin sitting at the table and say, please don't go to Japan, right? He's told that story a million times. David, do not go to Japan. I just don't have a good feeling about this. It's like so many misses here that you can get emotional right. about it. It's just like done, done, done. I don't know. Well, I think, too, they, they kind of glossed over because, like you said, he got sick at the wedding. Then they're dancing and then it cuts to David or excuse me, to Kevin driving home and he sees the other car leaving and he yeah. realizes that's you know, something just happened. And it's, you know, for they, somebody had just told Fritz, hey, they found because, you know, the story where he was he was found in the hotel room. And right. Fritz is like, oh, yeah, he he died of, of a, you know, a ruptured intestine. Th they didn't know that. I mean, and this is one of the little minute details that irritates me. They didn't know that the second they found his body. Like the first call was, hey, Fritz, you know, we found Kevin. He's, his body's not even cold yet, ruptured intestine. Like they didn't know that right away. I get they wanted to kind of get the story out there. But the fact that there was no what happened, there was no I knew he shouldn't have done it. They they, they kind of it really felt like of all the, the deaths that they they had in that movie, they really kind of rushed his. And it was like, OK, next. And now we're back to 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 the story of Kevin and Carrie. Well, think about it this way. I like from every guy I've spoken to throughout, you know, our time doing this stuff. Right. They were big time partiers. Right. They did so many drugs. They didn't right. even get that point across. You know what would have been great? Like. You know, Butch Reed told a story that Kerry tied his boots together before that match. He was so high and he like mm -hmm. fell over himself, like establish that Kerry became a major dope head. Right. He yeah. was just a dope, like establish that these kids had a lot of problems. You know, it's like they just like you're talking about all those minute. Like that was great. You're right. In the book, seeing those names, that was like a right. little nice little Easter egg. But everything lead, it didn't matter to me because it was like you guys have jacked this up so bad that you could try anything to make me get impressed at this point. I'm just like I'm I again, I was embarrassed. And my right. wife was sitting I, next to me and I made her go to this movie. I, I was will, like, wow, I will point out that scene was the reason I remember it so vividly because I was telling the wife about it is. Is he he's in the book and the names are accurate for that show, which I thought was a great detail. And he's watching the TV and he sees Ric Flair beat Harley Race in the Steel Cage, which you know, okay, fine argument whether or not he could have been able to watch that live. But then the TV turns off. That TV didn't have a remote. 
it's one of those that's the it's little details like that that always irritate me big knobs on the tv you know anybody that's ever had to turn a dial you on a tv it. knows a tv with those big knobs you got to get up and change the channel you got yeah you're, 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 not, you're, the remote. you're not getting up and changing the channel with a right. remote that the tv that doesn't have one maybe you're yeah, sure that would him getting up to turn the tv off would have cut in another two minutes of the script they would have had to cut out another brother right. like they would have forgot right. david yeah, died yeah, we yeah, just yeah, have time yeah, that, let's they, go over david at this point because you don't want to right. turning the tv off they would have glossed over it. I do think, I mean, and and that was something you talked about, which it was because Kevin tells the story. It was the whole, it was really the whole family. They basically made it look like Carrie was, you know, yeah, they had the scene where he's taking the, he, he's injecting himself and you see him doing Coke at the, at the, when he, when they go to his, uh, the, the concert and he's doing Coke at the party and then he's snorting up the pain pills after he lost his leg, which that was something, Benny, you mentioned the timetable. I mean, he wins the title, and then I'm going to go for a ride, and then it cuts to him where he comes around the counter, which I, I will admit I, I thought was a very well-deframed shot where if you don't know the story, when you see him walk around, like when he comes around the kitchen counter and you, you see that his foot's missing, you know? Um, but that that story from him winning the title to his injury to his recovery, that was about a period of about three to four years, and they made it look like I, he he hurt his foot, he got the boot, and he's, he's in the backyard with Kevin training through the pain in a span of a couple of months. There was a, That was a deep, dark period that laid a lot of the groundwork for what would happen to Carrie and Chris and some of the other stories. And you just glossed over it to go have – you know, a, another bit where, you know, we can talk about him being Intercontinental Champion or whatever, which – was also kind of something they glossed over. Remember when he was in the WWF? Yes, they mentioned the Von Erich name, but he was the Texas Tornado. They told him not to do the claw. We're not going to talk about, uh, about about WCCW. When he beat Mr. Perfect, he beat him with a tornado punch because that was his big thing was, was the discus punch, you know. So it, it was I, I I'm surprised they didn't emphasize, yeah, Fritz is happy his son's a champion, but at the same time, that's not Kerry Von Erich that's on TV. The Texas Tornado is the Intercontinental Champion. It just but, sounds uh, to me like that, you know, a lot of this is just a, a time management problem that, you know, that Mike was telling me when we were chatting this afternoon that uh, both uh, Flair and Race's promos are 10 minutes long. Um, and, you know, that coupled with all the, you know, the excess wrestling action, if you had taken 15 or 20 minutes out of, out of that time, you could have developed the this, this story of David better and, you know, uh, uh, you know, Kevin begging him not to go. You could have had more, you know, more about Mike and you could have included Chris. I think, you know, they could have just if they had better used the time, I think it would have been a far better product. You didn't need much wrestling in this movie. You didn't need any promos in this movie. The only promo you needed is to establish Kevin as being very poor in the mic, which they did. Right. And that's yeah. where you kind of get the feeling when Fritz realizes and Kevin originally says his choice. And then he realizes, Ooh, David's my guy. David's the guy that's going to get me that NWA title. So, I mean, uh, you brought up so many great points. Um, I mean, not to get off the movie, but what were your feelings about WCCW, you guys? And what were your feelings about Kerry Von Erich's run in the WWF? Go ahead, Benny. Uh, you know, to me, it was disappointing because they barely acknowledged that he was a Von Erich, like you said. They didn't include any of his prior history. I mean, you, anybody, any wrestling fan knew, you know, his pedigree. 
but they never, it, it was like anybody. It was like, you know, Barry Wyndham came in and he was the, you know, the widow maker. And then he was the stalker and, you know, Ricky Steamboat even was the dragon later. It's like, or yeah. And, and, and Hennig was Mr. Perfect. You know, why not? You, you're the biggest wrestling company now. You, you can afford to acknowledge where these guys came from. I just thought his, his wrestling, his, his career in WWE started out with a bang, but then it just, you know, it was, it was, it was like they do with so many guys. Then they, you know, they, it's, it's one, you know, one, one shot. And then they kind of just slide him down the court. Cause once he lost the title, I, if, if, you know, memory serves me correctly. He almost started jobbing out after that, didn't he? Yeah, they, they did touch on that in the movie where he says, you know, they're only using me for house shows. And they ended up using the because he was still popular, you know, very much over. But they used uh, Carrie or the Texas Tornado to start pushing when they brought in John Nord with the Berserker. Mm. He was he was the face that fell to the Berserker. And then since the Berserker went nowhere, it kind of killed whatever momentum he would have had anyway. Let me ask you this. Do you guys remember them? Because I was always surprised they didn't try to bring Kevin in and have them try to be a tag team. Because they could have got a lot of mileage out of that. Did they ever try to bring Kevin in? No. From from all all intents, uh, it seems that, that Kerry was the only one they really wanted. And he was obviously already on his downturn. What I thought was was the big missed opportunity in, in the Kerry's real life was that they hid his injury. Mm. That you know, there were so they could have built this story of here's this this Texas legend who lost his foot and he had to train through adversity, and they could have had him. I mean, WWF in the ninety in the early nineties loved their vignettes. Everybody had a job. Everybody had vignettes. There could have it could have been him training with the artificial boot on. I know Kerry really didn't want people to know. But you could have built this great conquering hero, and then Mr. Perfect could have attacked. He could have gone after the ankle, and and gone after the foot in the match, and then or gone after the leg, maybe not the not the foot. But you know that they 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 had this opportunity to build a hero and just kind of brought in somebody who, and this goes to what we've talked about on the show many times was it was the magazines. They never once said WCCW legend Kerry and former NWA heavyweight champion, but anybody who was a wrestling fan back then knew who Kerry Von Erich was. They just, I think they kind of dropped the ball on that. As far as WCCW, it really does belong in the echelons when people talk about great territories. Their yeah. run from 80 to, you know, or I should say maybe the 70s even before, but their peak when it was 80 to 86, like peak golden era territory days, uh, you know, that was some of the best wrestling. The, the Von Erichs and the Freebirds, 20,000 plus at their Parade of Champions shows. That was you know that's up there with rock and roll and and midnight like you're headlining weeks and months and years of shows with a tag team feud like that was one of the biggest most profitable feuds in the in the world at the time. They deserve that credit. I just think if you're going to tell the story of the Von Erich family, you don't that like I said that was my biggest issue with that with with Iron Claw was that it was a movie about WCCW. And not about with, with the Von Erichs almost being the subplot or really. And I take nothing away from Zac Efron. I get he's the biggest star and, he, and and Kevin Von Erich being the sole survivor. But this was really a movie about Kevin Von Erich. Like he was definitely the main character and the main focus of a lot of the story. It was seen through his eyes, through his, like but, I said, where, which, go ahead. which I think is OK, Dan. 
I think that was okay. But, you know, you, you're right. It was about WCCW. But you know what the problem is? They even dropped the ball on that. Because beyond the story of the Fajaneric, you still got Gino Hernandez, Chris Adams. I mean, there's a lot of meat to this entire story. They could have went a million different ways with this to make it interesting to the regular movie goer. Uh, one interesting yeah. fact I do want to share. Numerous guys have told me, I was telling this to Benny. I have a DVD that I ordered so many years ago, and it was from the drummer who played for the Freebirds on the Freebirds song. And I guess they had a band at some point. And they were friends. And there's a there's a clip in there, and they, it's, there's a phone call from Michael Hayes saying when he got to WWF, Vince wanted to take the belt off of Hogan and put it on Michael Hayes for rock and wrestling, which I don't believe. But, I, you know, I digress. Many of the wrestlers have told me that we've interviewed that Vince first contacted Fritz before he went to Hogan, and he wanted Kerry to be the WWF champion, and Fritz wouldn't let him go. Imagine if that would have happened. McMahon's a pretty lucky guy. If he would have chose Kerry, God knows what would have happened to the organization. It would have fell flat on its face. Yeah, it would have been interesting because that's like the story you, you hear a lot with um... – with Hogan, where if he uh, everybody knows that Dusty was was plan was Plan B, Hogan would have would have run with Dusty as as the conquering babyface if he hadn't gotten Hogan. And then when Dusty didn't come in anyway, that was the part of the polka dot screw you gimmick was the you know this is what you could have had. But I think too something that kind of kind of gets lost in it all, and this is something because uh, Benny we we've talked a lot about how good voices can really make or break a show uh, was, was Bill Mercer. He was front and center in a lot of the movie. They never once acknowledged who he was or had him introduce himself. If you look at the credits of the movie, he's credited as ring announcer. Yeah. Like, like, you know, he was, and, and they showed him in the back talking to, talking to, to, to Fritz, talking to, 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 to Kevin. He wasn't just an announcer. He was backstage too. You know, I think it kind of goes again because Mercer's one of those guys you hear when they talk about these great, you know, echelons of sports commentators where he could have, you, you know, you know, it's funny, Dan, I wasn't sure if that was Mercer or that was Mantell or if it was even, um, who's the manager at the time, the, uh, guys help me. Who's Gary the big Hart. manager at Gary Hart? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was which one of them because obviously they were the booker and they were actually right. involved in the financials. So I go, is this Mercer? You know is what? This that's Hart? or that, that's is a, this supposed to be Mantel? I had no idea. No, that's a fair point. Now you got me question. I I just assumed because he was you know he was in the suit in front of the classic WCCW logo. I just assumed that that was Mercer they were going for, but they never entered. They never really acknowledged him, which I thought was kind of a shortcoming. But um, as we kind of wrap up, I do want to, you know, since we've we've done a good job criticizing, <coughs> I do want to talk though some of the things I thoroughly enjoyed. Yes, the movie had more wrestling than it needed to, but I thought the scenes with the wrestling were were just very well done. As far as if you're not a wrestling fan you'd still appreciate they were well shot the angle. Cause I mean, obviously if you're filming a movie, so you're going to get camera angles, you'd never see in a match. You, you don't have a guy in the ring holding a camera at an upward angle to get drop kicks. Um, I think we, you know, the, the scene when, when Kevin's wrestling Harley race and he gets suplexed outside and they kind of play that he was hurt for real. Cause you know, race threw him down too hard or whatever. I think they did a good job showing that, wrestling is painful i mean you know we, we we hate using the word fake 
But, you know, I think that the actual wrestling scenes were very well shot. I think a lot of the acting, even ignoring, um, like, like Benny said, ignoring how some of the actors weren't the right size. I think some of the, the casting other than Ric Flair was phenomenal. Um, I would like to have seen the, 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 um, I'll wait for the DVD to come out to see the deleted footage of, of MJF and, and Fritz arguing about, uh, you know, Lance wanting more money and that's why he got fired. You know, I, but I, I think from, from a cinematic standpoint, you can't, or is it's good? The quality of the movie is good. A24 has always been good with production, but yes, there were some moments. If I was, if I was in charge of the script, I would have told the Von Erich story with wrestling in the background. This felt more like a wrestling movie with the Von Erich story in the background. And it was told through the eyes of Kevin, which I get he's the sole survivor. Um, but I would have done exactly like you said, Mike, I would have done it like the wrestler. I would have told the personal story with the wrestling sprinkled, like the, 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 the parade of champions carry winning the title. You have to show at least some of that, um, you know, having Fritz watch him win the intercontinental title. Okay. Uh, Kevin in their first tag match, maybe a montage of them fighting the Freebirds to establish, you know, you're selling 20,000 tickets for these big events. I get that. Um, I just I don't know I, I I think from a cinematic standpoint it was not a bad movie it's just from a from a wrestling if I wasn't a wrestling fan as much as I am now I would not have enjoyed it the way I did. But as we uh, uh oh, go ahead. No I, I I agree you're you're right you're 100 percent right I mean I'm sure when it shows up on Max I'll watch it 85 times you know what I mean but yeah. You know, like I said, I went into this with high, high expectations. They put, they put enough on the, you know, the 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 pre, you know, all those video before they put a movie out, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the trailer. And I was like, this the trailer, thank you. Um, that I was like, this is this has got to be a home run. And um, but again. I'm not trying to destroy it, but I knew there was a problem right in the beginning of the movie with the black and white start with Fritz von Erich. I mean, look, I love movies. I'm not a writer. I'm not like you and, and Benny at all, but I certainly know what makes movies or what I enjoy. And if you can't establish a character in the first five minutes of a movie, you've got a big problem. And they weren't establishing anything. It took a long time even to get it. And, uh, Honestly, to bring Kerry into the movie, literally, I had Dan. I had to think it was like thirty minutes before you even saw Kerry. Right. Right. It's almost like a letdown if you're a wrestling fan and you didn't know who the actors were, so you didn't know who was portraying whatever. Could you imagine waiting? I'm waiting for Kerry. I'm waiting for Kerry. I'm ready. They're talking about him. He's in the Olympus, and here's Kerry, and he's five foot nine. <laughs> you know. You know. Twiggy arms. I'm like, you know, this is a letdown, yeah. dude. This is like, this is not, you know, Carrie Von Eric. Maybe they should have, when he was shooting the steroids and they were playing, you know, Tom Sawyer, all of a sudden they should have changed actors and all of a sudden <laughs> Carrie was this beast. <laughs> well, I, I will say, um, from from a casual standpoint, if you're a non wrestling fan or you maybe were a lot like, you know, the fans from the 80s and 90s that stopped watching wrestling. Carrie Von Erich is definitely the most recognizable name from that family, even with what Kevin has, you know, obviously what he's done with his family. Um, I think you had, because uh, Kevin's sons wrestle, they were just on AEW, what, a week ago. Um, and then, of course, uh, Carrie's daughter wrestled. She had a good run in TNA in the Indies uh, under the name Lacey Von Erich. Um, you know, I, which 
I'm, I'm, I like that they, where they ended with that shot of the whole family at the ranch where there were, you know, the brothers and Lacey and, and Kevin and all. Um, I just think, I think they, 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 like you said, I think they dropped the ball, but from, from a, a from a fan standpoint, I, I think if you're going to do that, where you're going to bring Carrie in late, I, I, I'm curious why they didn't start the movie in start the movie in, in late 80, instead of starting it, you know, in, in the beginning, like where you're just establishing Kevin Carey, when he comes back from the Olympics, it, it was a year before he really established himself as a wrestler. You, they could have started the movie in 81 and just had a past montage or whatever, and gotten into the meat and potatoes of, of the brothers bond. But I mean, I think, I think, like I said, it, it wasn't by any means bad, like you said, when but, it comes out. But, but there, but there lies the problem. They couldn't establish where they were going with this script. Because in the beginning, it was like, is this going to be focused on Kevin and eventually his failures in his father's eyes? And that's why he falls out of favor with his father. It just was all over the place, right? Like Benny was saying earlier, it's like too much info and you didn't have enough time to do it. So you just like trying to cram it in. And again, I wanted to be emotional in this movie. I wanted to be a, a tearjerker, right? I mean, I cried at the end of The Wrestler. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, I don't give a, give a shameless plug, but I mean, if you go to the Peacock, to the WWE documentaries, the one on Kurt Angle, the one on uh, the, the the most famous fan, what's his name, Igor? Yeah. Uh, if you guys. Yeah, the super fan. The super fan. Yeah. Now they just came on with one with Braun Strowman with, uh, with the Milwaukee murders where they ran through that crowd. If you cannot cry during that documentary, that's what I was saying. They got to put these, these this type of movie in the hands of someone that knows what they're doing. I, I clearly felt like the screenwriter did not know. I, I felt like he was a wrestling fan and he wanted to appease the wrestling fan. And you don't make movies that way. You just can't make a movie that way. The wrestler was not made for the wrestling fan. That was made for everybody. Right. And well, I mean, you, you know, know you, 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 the fact that that revitalized Mickey Rourke's career and, and there were award nominations. I mean, ho- people, non-wrestling fans took notice. And even to the point where, you know, you saw, I don't want to say movies, but people having to explain, like, here's what's real. Here's what, because, you know, oh, my God, the wrestler was so good. But do they actually cut themselves like that? Like he did, you know, um, where I, I think I think they really touched on a lot of that, uh, you know, which they did well. But. Uh, Benny, I, I kind of want to touch more so on some high notes. You, you talked about, you obviously, universally, social media hated Aaron Eisenberg's Ric Flair, which I, I agree was my least favorite part of that movie. What about the positives? What was kind of the general consensus of what they what they hit out of the park on this one? You know, I, I really have to say, though, it was almost that they liked the movie because there was wrestling in it and they were wrestling fans. It wasn't anything of like any note. It was just the fact that, you know, I want to, I'm a wrestling fan. I went to see a movie about wrestling and I, I liked the wrestling. It, nothing, there was no uh, positives towards the storyline, which to me is the most important thing. I like wrestling. Uh, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that's, that's Look what that this, is. Let me ask you something. You go to this movie, wrestling fan or not a wrestling fan, did you come out going, oh my God? When the Von Erich's names are mentioned again on the streets of New York, people are to go, that's that famous wrestling family. Yeah. You don't come out of that movie feeling that way at all. Like the Von Erichs are no better known than they were before that movie 
after the movie. You should people should be coming out of that movie wanting to look up on YouTube or anything about the Von Erichs. They right. want to know the story. No right. one's coming out of that movie going, "Oh, I want to find out more," because it was like just, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to think about it because I, I talked about that with the uh, uh, the dark. I thought the Dark Side of the Ring episode did a much better job of putting their name out there in such a way. And granted, I also think that's because one of the centerpieces of the dark side of the ring story was, was Jim Cornette and, and some of the stories he told, cause he worked deeply with Kevin and all them. And I mean, if you hear a voice, if there's anybody that can talk about wrestling and get non wrestling fans interested, it's Jim Cornette, the way he tells stories. But um, I think that did more to it. I also think about it from a purely business standpoint is is the WWE they own the WCCW footage. Kevin sold it to them in the 90s. Are they going to say, "Hey, you know, Banner, if, if I open the WWE part of Peacock, hey, look at these WCCW matches because everyone's talking about the Von Erichs now." I, I don't think they're going to invest the time or money into pushing, "Hey, d- come see our WCCW footage." Maybe they'll throw a tweet out, but I don't think it did a good job getting the personal story. It definitely did a great job getting the the the, the, the territory out there. Probably non wrestling fans that had never heard of WCCW know more about the territory and wrestling in Dallas and the Sportatorium. And we go as far north as Missouri. And you know, uh, I, I, I do think I give the movie credit for that. They did a phenomenal job showing how popular outside of wrestling the Von Erichs were like when they're at the restaurant and right. fans are coming up autographs. And I mean, obviously you didn't have pick, you know, a lot of people getting pictures back then, but you know, where, where even she asked them, she's like, are you this popular everywhere? Oh, they don't like me in Missouri, but you know, right. you, right. you couldn't walk. It's, it's like Bruno in New York, the Von Erichs couldn't walk anywhere within a, a 20, 25, 50 miles of Dallas and not have somebody recognize them. Well, I think, you know, that, you know, that scene right there was a great scene, right? You establishing the relationship between him and his wife, which I didn't know until recently. They're still married to this day. Yeah, but then again, 40 years they've they, been together. Right. But now they, they waste three minutes on camera showing them having sex in a truck. What was the point? Like, what's the point there? There was no point not, for that. Not, it's like, not only- let's leave the bar and have sex and let's <laughs> show it. What? Not, not Why? Only- not only the uh, uh, the sex in the truck, but they they spent uh, more time than they should have establishing that that was that was Kevin Von Erich losing his virginity in that scene. Yeah, right. You know, right. where even even he, he he when he straight up was like, "Have you done this before?" Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? It's like, oh come on. They, they, you could have had a, a montage of them, or like I hate to say it, but like they did at the wedding where Fritz. Fritz told Doris, he's like, you know, let's get out of here. She's like, well, you ain't got to worry about getting me pregnant again. You know, they were going to go fuck in the parking yeah. lot, but they didn't, the, right. the camera didn't follow them back there. But, but, but you're establishing that relationship. Here's the thing that it's really troublesome. Like I've always felt like the WWE had a huge opportunity to grab those Von Eric kids. And if they're smart enough, you somehow have a free bird kid. Like, doesn't even matter if that's Michael Hayes' kid or not. Who gives a crap, right? You have, like, you could actually have rebuilt that. But this movie, I'm telling you, it was number six in the country and number five in the country. And, again, with movies, not a ton of people go to movies anymore, I don't think. They usually stay home. So I don't know how that's even evaluated. It's almost like ratings and wrestling. But if this movie could have been done better, you could have had Devon Eriks in the WWF. And you could have really done something with it. But instead, they're just going to be... Forgot, not forgotten, but 
they're going to be the same they were before this movie. And that's what I didn't want to see because to me, I hold WCCW close to my heart, man. I mean, um, listen, I'll be honest with you. I I am I got I ordered for Christmas a Kerry Von Erich autograph, which are very rare, right? You can't find them anywhere. Right. But I found someone that had one. But that's how important Kerry Von Erich was to me and WCCW. And I just felt that the movie did not do that family justice, whether it's Kevin's fault or the screenwriter's fault. I don't know. But I didn't come out of there knowing if Fritz was a good guy or a bad guy. I didn't come out of there knowing that the boys had drug problems. I didn't come out of there knowing that was Mike being like, I just nothing was established in that movie. It was just a movie about something. I mean, I, I hate to say it. You know what I mean? Like I said, when it comes on Max, I'll probably watch it a hundred times. But it's like I was just disappointed. I I hate I hate speaking about it that way because I don't want to be a hater because I don't know how to write and I'm not a screenwriter and it's easy for me to sit back and attack it. But this wasn't for me. This was a very important movie and they just stepped all over it and uh, it, I'm just not happy about it. That's all. If I could add my two cents and like the, from what you guys said, this is my take. That if I took a date to go see the wrestler, you know, at the end of the night, she's going to say to me, that was really good. I really liked that. And now if I took that same date, you know, a year later to see the Iron Claw, her first thing, you know, on the way home, I would have to explain everything, all the backstory to her because she didn't get it in the movie. Was, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think about one of the uh, and I've, I've, we've, I've talked about it before on the show, my. My wife is not nearly as big a wrestling fan as I am, but she's she's she'll definitely watch stuff with me. She has the knowledge. She's been there and she's very supportive of me liking it. I would have been the same thing. She would have had a hundred questions about this movie because it was built that this movie was made for us. This movie was made for guys that have studied and watched film and written stuff and talked about it and interviewed the, you know, the, some of the guys that were there. And, you know, I watched the, the, the Gino Hernandez documentary and I know like that whole scene where they talk about Gino and bruiser, like, and you know, Oh, whatever you do, don't kill us out there. That's a prophetic note because neither of those guys are going to be alive, you know, for the end of this film. Like, you know, you, you have these, these little nuances, like you said, I, I won't say Tony Khan because I, AW's really upset me recently, but yes, this was, this would reminded me of, I was at a live AW show when they introduced, uh, Takeshita and he came out, no name on the Titantron, no recognizable music. And it wasn't until he was already in the ring that you, they, Somebody else on the on the stage mentioned, hey, look who it is, blah, blah, blah. And you could see the crowd like open or here, like the open, huh, uh, um, <laughs> you know, it was what, like like there was, a, you know, this big moment. Oh, my God, here's a great debut. And it's yeah. Duh, who the hell is that? You know, it was you could hear the 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 energy just being sucked out of the building. And that's what this movie reminded me of. There was moments where I'm like, I'm ecstatic. But I could see people in the I was in the theater with that were like, huh? And, you know, I'm like, this movie wasn't made for them. It was made for me. I enjoyed this. But you but you even brought it up there. You don't know anything about wrestling. And like, so Gino and Bruiser will do this and that. 
okay, great, don't kill me. Like if you're somebody like who's Gina and the like Gina, okay, who's what? Gina or Bruiser? I don't really right. know who they, they are. Who you know what I mean? Right. Or or I mean, even the fact that they mention it, when he first talks about it, he's like, you're going to go out there with Bruiser Brody, and and Fritz mentions it like that's a big deal. Like yeah. 99.9% of non-wrestling fans or, or even casual wrestling fans have no freaking idea who Bruiser Brody was. But you, you know, it's a perfect example, just like in The Wrestler, when they're like, you know, the first card, Samoan 1 against Samoan 2 and Andrew yeah. Anderson. And they're just names, right? And it was like it didn't matter for the movie, but it, right. it seemed real because you're naming the card off. So the point is, yeah, like. It, it's okay to be in the movie, but the reality is they wanted it to go over. So someone like you or me would go, oh, my God, it's Bruiser Brody. It's Tito right. Hernandez. And instead yeah, that, it was like. That, that, scene, that scene could have been them talking to, to you know, two random people that they never even mentioned the their names. <laughs> and, yeah, the exactly. You know, they never even mentioned their names. Or you could have gone. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, years ago, they did a made-for-TV movie uh, about Jesse Ventura's run for governor, and it was co-produced by WCW. So when, you, when when they cut to Jesse Ventura's wrestling career, it's a WCW ring, and he's like, it's like tonight Jesse Ventura against Disco Inferno because they had to use the people they had the rights to. You know, as as a fan, I thought it was hilarious. You know, that's what I, I would have done. That I would have had. You know, I would have had Kevin. And and I would have had Kevin and, and uh, what was that Kevin and David? I would have had them talking to the Bushwhackers or somebody completely random that that weren't right to history, and no one would have noticed. But that was my biggest beef with this movie. Despite the fact that I will say I gave it, like Benny said, uh, three. I would I would have said closer to three or four than two. Like I, I'm not gonna. I, I'll I'll definitely watch it again when it comes out on streaming. <clears throat> But this movie was made for me by someone who just let, wants wrestling fans to be let, happy. Let me ask both of you guys this question. So they establish that Kevin gets married and he has kids and he's got this relationship and he doesn't want to go home because he doesn't want the, 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 the bad luck to run off to his family, which was, OK, pretty cool. At no point do they establish that Kerry gets married. Like, wouldn't it have been emotional if Kerry killed himself at the funeral? You see the kids crying because their daddy killed himself right. because he was selfish or whatever the situation and, is. And that's it. Not even married. He had he had children. His daughter yeah. grew up to be a wrestler. Like, you know, the fact that it, they just, oh, he shot himself at the tree and then he's, he's in heaven. Like, oh, I'm, I'm finally with my brothers again. And they just sort of glossed over that he had a family, too. Like, how, you know, that's a good point. What does Lacey Von Eric feel about that? Like, hey, I'm home to my brother's life is good. Who cares about my kids that I had? <laughs> yeah, Not yeah, even thinking was, about them, right? I'm in heaven with my when, brothers. Or you, you remember when, when he brings uh, he brings the girlfriend home after he wins the Intercontinental title? And yeah. his, and when he's on the phone with Kevin, he's like, what happened to – what's her name? Oh, I, I don't remember. Like, Carrie just kind of whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I, I had I had a wife and kids, didn't Again, I? You know? what was the point what, – what was the point to even bringing that girl there? Like, what, what – establish like, when you bring in characters, you have to establish a character. You just don't bring them in so they're there. It's almost like – Oh, let me bring my wife in so she can have a cameo in this movie as Kerry Von Erich's girlfriend. Like, what was the point? What what was the point to him giving him the gun and him putting it in the cabinet and not wanting to shoot it? Like, what was the point to that whole thing? Because he went and got it himself and killed himself at the end? Because you can't even tie those two things together. It's like, what? There's yeah, they, so many things in this movie that... 
they don't do anything. With. No, that that that's a fair point that I because I, I made a note of that and I completely forgot to even bring it up when when he gives his dad the gun. And and I like I talked about it earlier with with when Chris shot himself because Carrie and Chris used the same gun and they made emphasis. Carrie made it very clear. I want to use that gun. They right. introduced the gun. They have the whole thing. Yo, what the why the fuck don't you? And he's like yelling at his dad, cursing at him. Like, why don't you want to do this? And Which, then, by the way, made no sense. Like, why is he yelling at him? I had yeah. no idea. And, I was and like, then what they is this never about? they never bring up the gun again. He just shoots himself and that's it. Now, they did have the shot where they showed Fritz's gun cabinet with all the pistols in it. But you introduce this gun, you make this big point of it's a it's it's a collector's gun. It's an anniversary edition of the of, you know, the Smith and Wesson. <laughs> And then they never mention that, you know, when, when Fritz, when he gets the call that, hey, you might want to look at Carrie because Fritz was pouring concrete. He goes to the house and he sees the gun. The gun is missing from the box. And that's when he when he goes and finds Carrie, not David hearing the shot when he got home. But, you know, at least have if you're going to have David fire, excuse me, if you're going to have um, Kevin find him. Have Kevin see the gun missing from the box. You introduce this plot point and then it just goes nowhere. Like so, Benny, you moments. basically saved yourself eighteen dollars and ninety four cents. Well, you know, and when you guys were just, I, I remembered reading today that supposedly uh, Kerry had a conversation with Bret Hart, and he said something about you know wanting to go see his brothers in heaven, and Hart said, well, "I think your daughters on Earth are more important than your brothers in heaven," and it sounds like that was another thing they completely glossed over that. Well, that could I have think, been that could have been a great scene in the movie. Yeah, like, you right? could have used yeah, that yeah. in the movie, right? And and I th- I think it's it's important to know too because Kevin tells the story when when Carrie called him and he in the movie where he talks about like I I want to you know I just can't do this anymore when he called him he talked about Chris and he and Ke- and Carrie was very much like you know I, I thought that you know not that it was great but he's like I wish I was as brave as he was you know because I want to die but I'm scared of what I can do and Chris had the had the balls to kill himself like he wanted to die and he got it done and and Carrie he Kevin says he Carrie came off like he respected Chris for killing himself and that's when he knew like it, I have to because he knew Kevin said when he when when Carrie he had that conversation with Carrie he immediately called his father and was like Carrie's gonna gonna do something bad and the next day Carrie was dead they they completely glossed over the importance of the bond and and everything it's like you said with with, with him, you know when his brother died in Japan it was like they they wanted to kind of because at that point there was what ten minutes left in the movie Carrie goes that they have the scene with him and his uh, Kevin well, and his kids not to interrupt you but I mean. At the end, when he chokes Fritz, right, and he's choking yeah. him, it was like, let's just end this. What they should have did was the real story when Kevin goes and visits his father. The wife is gone. Like, they could have just showed that painting scene, and then Fritz is alone in the house. Right. Kevin goes in there, and Fritz goes in the cabinet, pulls out the gun, and says, you're not a man like the rest of you. They took their lives. You're not man enough because you're a waste of life, and I'm going to kill you. Like, they should have showed that scene. Like that was a real scene. Instead, they just do this whole choking thing. And what was the point? So you yeah. choked your father and you never spoke to him again. I don't know what happened after that. Right. It just was so poorly executed on so many well, different and, ways. And that's that's the other thing, because Benny Benny touched on it with the uh, with the timelines where Fritz, Fritz and Doris were already they were already on the outs when 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 Carrie died. Like, you know, when, when like you said, when Kevin went to the house, <clears throat> Fritz was by himself. The whole the whole scene, you know, they kind of rushed the, the narrative there. But, you know, yeah, he he pulled a gun on his son and they fought and his son's like, you know, 
get to basically stay the hell out of my life. And that was it. That was, they were done. And then, you know, uh, Fritz ended up dying in, I think, 96, 97 of, of cancer. But, you know, alone, because the family had, what was left of the family had long since abandoned him, including Carrie's children. Well, um, here's a scene in music. Here's a scene in movie making. Show Fritz in a friggin' rocking chair in a dark room, rocking back and forth. Establish the fact that he's going to die alone. Like, you yeah. could have done, you know. And one other point that really bothered me, and then I've said enough bad stuff about the movie. He sells the organization to Jerry Jarrett. You don't even know who Jerry Jarrett is. Right. You don't, you, you don't even get what's really even going on. I mean, yeah. if there was a time to introduce a wrestler, make it Jerry Lawler. So at least P and put a big giant yeah. clown on him. So everybody goes, oh, that's Jerry Lawler. And, like even the regular fan may even know because he was. <laughs> he got it. But it's like they just don't. It's just like, oh, he sold it. Here you go. Good luck. And if you want to wrestle for me, come wrestle for me. OK, that would be great. Have a good day. Bye. It was like, well, and, what is going on in this movie? It, it goes to what you said you know, when we started with with the with the Hellwig reference, he doesn't. It, when they first have that conversation, he doesn't say Jerry Jarrett. He he tells Kevin, he's like, "Hey, Jerry called again with an offer. I know who Jerry is. That's buying wrestling territories. You know, it wasn't even Hey, Jerry Jarrett called because he wouldn't. He said Hey, Jerry called and he had an offer for us. It's like oh, who what the who the hell is that? Like I get it, you know. But like you said, I feel we we've said enough, Benny. Um. I know we we kind you kind of moderated a bit being the uh, the odd man out with the narrative, but I'm going to give the final thought to you, and then we'll, we'll, Mike and I can can say our piece. But but final thoughts, uh, your final thoughts on the movie. Well, I'm I'm going to see it. I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll watch it when I can see it, like on Peacock or Hulu, or whatever. But um, you know, it it just it it's one of these things. You know, we always use the term "what if." You know, Gino Hernandez, what if, uh, Magnum TA, what if, you know, Carrie, this is going to be another what if. Like, what if they actually did this movie right? How great could this movie have been? That's what I'm going to think about. And are you with that, Mike? Again, um, thanks thanks for all uh, your time. But final thoughts to you. Final thoughts on the movie? I'll, I'll say thank you guys again. Always an honor to be on your show. You guys are doing great. I cannot wait for 2024 uh, working with you guys. Thank you again for this opportunity to talk about this movie. I'll say this. If you're a wrestling fan and you want to see the movie, go see the movie. Um, I, I follow up with what Benny said. God, if they could have made a really good movie with this, this could have been something I would watch every time it appeared on a screen. Just like I do the wrestler. I can never turn the wrestler off, right? The wrestler's got so many great one-liners in it. I'll sit around just to listen to him go, fresh as monkey breath. You know, fresh as monkey breath, you know, whatever. Or you look clean. Like, I know every line in that movie. It's so well done. And this movie is so forgettable. And it's, as a wrestling fan, I'll quickly come out of this. I just I, I just want to say this one piece. Growing up, I would, as a wrestling fan, um, you you hid, behind, you hid around it. You didn't want anyone to know. You were kind of embarrassed, right? Because yes, people would correct. make fun of you, right? I think some of us have felt that way. And one of the biggest culprits was my father, right? I, you know, I played baseball as a big-time football player, but my father hated the fact that I liked pro wrestling. Hated it. Hated every time I sat down to watch it. He really, it really bothered him. And as weird as this sound, as wrong as this sound, I could remember opening the Daily News here in New York, and there was an article, very small article. 
and it was pro wrestler kills two dogs and beats up three policemen. And it's the story of Jimmy Snuka in the, you know, pre murder of Nancy Argentino. Argentino, yeah. But one of Jimmy Snuka's crazy coke bound, and I'm a kid at the time, so I don't know he's on coke. But I was, and as wrong as this sounds, I was so happy that he was able to take down two dogs and three police officers. I'm like, yeah, professional wrestling's fake. Who can handle this guy? This is one of our guys, right? And when I go to these movies, when I saw The Wrestler and came out of The Wrestler, I'm proud to be a wrestling fan. This movie pushed me back. I was embarrassed sitting next to my wife that I made her come to this movie. Because yeah. she's just looking at me like, what? what is this? Like this is, this is bad, and it was bad. It was bad, and as as much as look, they couldn't make a bad movie on the Von Erichs because of my love for the Von Erichs, but they did. They came as close as they possibly could. That's the way I'll I'll leave it at that. I can't argue with that. I will say my my final thoughts are like I said. If you're a wrestling fan, go see it. If you're not a wrestling fan, go see it and then talk to a wrestling fan or bring a wrestling fan with you. My biggest thought from from this movie is it's not going to to do I believe because I, I say it's opening numbers they they look like opening weekend was going to be between five and six million um, you know it's, it's not going to do much after that you know to fall off uh, the people that have the people that want to see it have seen it already which is um, good news if you have Max because it'll be on Max in another cor- month or so correct the, I'm just I'm just worried because there are there are you know, there are stories from wrestling besides the Von Erichs that I believe deserve the Hollywood treatment. And when this movie ends up costing money or not doing what they think, they're not going to want to make another one. No one's going to turn around and, and do, you know, a, a real life, you know, I don't know, Ric Flair, Bruno, nobody's going to want to tell right. those stories because they tried with the Von Erichs and it didn't work. So we're going to move on and now we're going to make something else. That's the best point of this whole thing. You're so right. This has ruined the future for any other pro wrestling movie. If this did well, someone would have jumped on a Bruno San Martino story, which has an amazing story behind oh, yeah. it. Right. Like you had said, there's so many things, but that's right. It's going to be such box office poison. No one's ever going to go near it. In fact, I'll even go as far as this. I enjoyed No Holds Barred more than I enjoyed this movie. And I'm being serious. Oh, wow. I wow. am being 100% serious that I enjoyed No Holds Barred better than this movie. At least I laughed at No Holds Barred, right? I laughed. I I was crying in pain during this movie. It was just, it was like, what? Listen, I I know we have to end. I got to ask you this question, Dan. Weren't you embarrassed during that Harley race promo? Like, weren't you sitting back going, what? This is embarrassing. Like, why, Why are we doing this? The Harley race, not so much. I was uh, the, the Ric Flair one, though, definitely, because not only was he bad, but it was <laughs> like you said, it was like six or seven minutes. And then they cut to them in the locker room where, like you said, Ric Flair comes back. And it's like that was between the Harley race bit and and Ric Flair. That was 15 minutes, 20 minutes of movie. You could have cut and told more personal story. That could have been 20 minutes of Chris Von Eric right there, you know. <laughs> But Again, uh, at least I'm Benny, sitting there watching that Harley race promo and I'm like, what? I mean, what are we doing here? It's, we, listen, for a wrestling fan, Harley race is this incredible superstar. I right. 
The general public has no idea who this guy is. It's not like they're doing a promo with Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah. It's Harley Race. And to make it even worse, back in the day, Harley Race was, you know, out of shape, 40-something-year-old dude. Yeah. And this guy portrayed a out of shape, 40-year-old-something yeah. dude. Yeah, and I'm with, like, this is embarrassing. Harley Race was already on the downturn of his career at this point. And, and you're establishing this is the guy that Fritz is beating his children to be better than. And he's this out-of-shape old man. Yes, no, I agree. Um, but, wow. Benny, you, you heard oh, it. We, we always love, we always say it on, on Dan and Benny in the Ring, we love our little exclusives. And you heard Mike Monty say on this show his favorite moment in wrestling movies is Hulk Hogan beating up a henchman after he says Dookie. Clearly, that's your favorite <laughs> that Dookie joke. ever. The you smell... Do you smell dookie? Come on, dude. That Listen, I'm going to challenge you on this, both of you guys, especially when you see it, Benny. You guys remember that line, right? You remember the dookie lines of the yes. day, day you die. When you're on your deathbed, if someone plays that, you'll be like, no holds barred. <laughs> you tell me one line out of the claw that you will remember because there is none. There is not one line that's even memorable in this movie. Oh, that's fair point. So there you have it. Uh, I mean, that's been great stuff. I, I always love talking movies. I love talking wrestling. We got to do both tonight. I hope everyone enjoyed themselves. Uh, happy holidays. Mike Monty, thank you so much for joining us. You'll be able thank to you. find this video this video along with so many others including the 30 a lot of our involvements with you guys monty and the pharaoh on youtube dan and benny the ring can of course be heard anywhere podcasts are listened to for mike monty for the player himself benny scala i'm dan spashano have a good night everyone and we will see you next time on the ring